and welcome back to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam. Hold on. Sorry. I just got a text message from a friend and we're planning on going paddleboarding at Bartlett Lake tomorrow. And so I just got really distracted because I was reading what she was saying and we're trying to figure out the driving situation. So as I was saying, today is Thursday uh, leading into Memorial Day weekend. And I just wanted to give a little update on my mental health because I know that I cannot be the only one struggling over this upcoming weekend because I started to get a little bit of anxiety on Monday um, about this coming weekend for a lot of reasons. One was like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to hang out with? Does anybody want to hang out with me? Because I think when there's three-day weekends, a lot of people spend it with their family. Well, my brother and sister-in-law are going out of town. My mom works constantly. And all of my friends who I was asking like, hey, do you want to hang out? Hey, what are you doing? It just, no one is like really excited about getting together or having a party or barbecuing or swimming or whatever. And so I just started to get some anxiety and it's not because I can't be alone. It's because I would rather be spending the time with my friends or with my family or, you know, anyone except for myself. And I'm also just a little extra emotional because it's going to be that time of the month. And I always know like come the Monday that I start my period, uh, I like it's so crazy, but I know it's going to happen because it's happened so often, like all the other months, but I just like hyper focus on something and then I overthink it and then I get into anxiety and it's only that one day. And then the next day, like Tuesday, it just like weans off a little bit, but by Wednesday, I'm, I feel back to normal. So I know I'm just extra emotional because my period is coming. I know that I'm extra emotional because it's a holiday weekend and I'm also extra emotional because you know, I want to be progressed in my personal life. I want to be married. I want to have children. I want to have a house. I want to travel with my family. There's just things that I want to do. And, uh, on Monday, my sister-in-law came with my nephew over to pick up their dog because I was watching their dog because they were out of town. And she was just telling me about all the things that she needs to do to get ready because they're getting new floors in the house. And just, you know, she was changing my nephew's diaper and she was like being a mom, but she was also being a wife and she was um, also being a housewife and preparing the house for the demolition that's going to be coming. And I just kind of got really sad because I just got really envious because it's like, oh my gosh, I want that and I want that life. And then someone else at my work is also getting new flooring in and who would have thought that flooring would make me so anxious and so sad and so upset, but I'm not the only one. This is why I share that my mental health sometimes is not good. But I woke up today and I decided I'm going to be happy. I'm going to, I I want to be happy. I want to be filled with joy and I'm going to try to focus on the positive. And um, as I was saying that I'm going paddleboarding tomorrow and I had to like stop this podcast because my friend called me in the middle of recording. So we talked about it and I'm really excited. And I've decided that on Saturday I'm going to go shopping because I have some gift cards to Nordstrom and I really want to get some shorts. 
And then I'm going to be going to my aunt's house. And we're going to be hanging out there, probably watch some Netflix and chill. And then we're going to go to dinner to celebrate her birthday, to celebrate my cousin's birthday, and to celebrate sixth grade and fourth grade graduation, which it's like, isn't that so funny that now we're celebrating like elementary school graduation? It's kind of ridiculous. But also, I can imagine like if I ever get the chance to be a parent, like I would want to celebrate it too. And then Sunday, I'm going to go swimming with my mom. And then hopefully Monday, some of my friends, we're going to get together and like barbecue and hang out. So it's going to be a good weekend. And I'm really looking forward to having four days off because I get four days off. So it's going to be fun. All right. So now let's get into the meat and the purpose of this episode. Okay. So growing up, um, I grew up in a very right-wing, gun-owning, hunting, Republican household. My mom is Canadian, so she can't vote. And because of that, she's very atypical. Apolitical. Sorry. Because of that, she's very apolitical. She she does not express her political views because she doesn't under, she doesn't see the point in doing that because it's not like she can vote anyways. So like we have my mom who's just neutral about everything and then we had my dad who's like the right-wing conservative, kind of a right-wing wacko. Let's just be honest about it, okay? And I, that's not offensive because it's also true. He's very 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 extremely far to the right. And because I grew up in that type of a household, I ended up being kind of far to the right too. And I wouldn't say there was a time where I was a right wing wacko, but I would say that there was a time where I was too far to the right. Now I consider myself very moderate. I can see both sides, why both sides are good. I, I stand, I think I stand more for like the human's rights of the liberal side, but I really like the small government of the Republican side. Okay. Just a little bit of my growing up in my family and everything. So I would say when it comes to the term feminist, I would say I kind of shied away from that term because in the household that I grew up in, that's looked down upon. I would say in the news, the Fox News that I watched, it was looked down upon. The conversations that we would have between my family, like my immediate family, and then our extended family, feminist or being a feminist was looked down upon. It was not looked in in a very bright light. Well, now that I'm older and I can think for myself and I can have my own political views, I feel like I'm becoming a little bit, I I feel like I'm becoming a feminist and I need to get rid of the negative notion that is attached to that word because I think there are a lot of brilliant and beautiful and wonderful feminists out in the world and like Taylor Swift is one of them and she's huge. And if you think about her song, The Man, and if you think about her speech that she gave that one year when she won an award. I can't remember what the award is, but when I find that speech, I'll link it in the description where she just talks about what Scooter Braun and, and what he did and how he held back her music and how he said that like he owns the music and everything. And you know, there's a part of me where I can like see both sides in that. Okay. I can see how like the record label probably owns you and probably does own that music. I mean, all she was asking was to have her music back. I mean, they can keep the sales and everything else. And so I feel like in that point, is it just really pitiful of him to be able to like say, no, we're not going to give it to you. Probably. Was it probably a really chauvinistic thing for him to do? Probably. And I would also say because of the industry that I recently stepped into, I'm finally, my eyes have been very much opened to mansplaining, to men thinking that they're better than women, to men abusing their power, 
to all of these things that my eyes were not open to in the past because, you know, I come from the fashion and beauty background. It is very much female led. Okay. All females. There's a lot of females. There's very few males. So I don't have this experience of, of working in an industry that is very male led and how, so this is a topic being a feminist is something that I've been thinking on for a little while and how like I, or why I've been even thinking about it is because my friend Deborah, you guys know her from the pod. She's a feminist and she's very liberal and I love her. And I have to, I have, I was having a conversation with her and I was like, you know, I have to really be careful that I don't pick up your political views just because we're friends because she's very convincing <laughs> and she makes really great points and she's great at arguing. I mean, she's a lawyer, right? And so I was just telling her, like, I've never considered myself a feminist before and I've never been far left either. Like I was, I was far right. Now I consider myself more moderate, but if I had to pick a side, like I probably would be on the more Republican side than the more liberal side. But I like to say I'm moderate <clears throat> being in the middle. I could see the goodness in both. Right. And so I was just telling her, I have to make sure that I don't like get brainwashed into her beliefs, right. That I, that I continue to think for myself and that I hear what she has to say. And then I decide for myself what kind of action I'm going to take, what kind of thinking I'm going to have. And right. And that's like why I put that disclaimer in the beginning of this podcast. It's like, because don't believe everything that I say and don't, don't agree with everything that I say. It's good for you to think for yourself and to have your own thoughts and opinions. So there was that conversation. Then this week I was in, um, I'm kind of part of this group and it's a women in leadership group, right? And in this group, we have male members and I understand why we have male members. It's to show that men support us and it's for us to have male allies, right? I totally get it. I totally get it. And I'm really glad that these male members are there, that they exist and that they do support us. But here's my one issue. Okay. We had a male speaker present a presentation to us this week. And the presentation was basically about like how to get what you want in the workplace. And I was thinking this is the most ridiculous thing that I have ever been a part of. Because why would I want a male telling me how to get what I want in the workplace? You don't even know what I have to deal with. You don't even know the gender inequality that I have to deal with at work. You don't even know that I will never get paid the same as my male counterpart ever. You don't, you'll never understand that that pay inequality is never going, the gap is always going to be there. It will never change. I'm like, you don't understand the mansplaining that I get mansplained to every day. You don't understand the men who try to be like, be quiet, little girl. I'm the man. The man is speaking. And you don't you don't know any of that because you're a man. Our experiences on this earth are going to be very different. Now, I'm not devaluing his experience. I'm not devaluing the the speech and the presentation that he gave us. I just I, I just couldn't believe that this is a women in leadership uh, meeting that. I'm a part of and a club that I'm a part of. And this man is presenting on how to get what we want in the workforce. And I just thought, okay, so as I'm sitting here completely judging the situation, completely having all these thoughts about it, it comes time, he finishes and it comes time for the Q and A. 
And one of the members raises her hand and she very, very meekly, very shyly, very quietly says, you know, do you have any advice for me? Because sometimes I have a hard time speaking up for what I want, especially when it comes to promotions or jobs. And do you know what his answer was? (sighs) Be more aggressive. You have to speak up for yourself. You have to fight for what you want. You have to be aggressive. And I just was like, what the heck? And it's a good thing that this was on Zoom or on WebEx because guess what? There would have been so many expressions that I would have been making and I probably would have like called this situation out and I probably would have been way more vocal if I would have been live in the room with everybody because it was just ridiculous that he said that. First of all, I think it's ridiculous that he's presenting to us because it's like you don't even know or you do not know what it's like being a female in a male dominant uh, work situation. Okay. Second of all, you're going to tell this woman who's already too shy to speak up and ask this question, who's obviously not aggressive in the way that she presents herself or in her personality. You're just going to tell this woman to be more aggressive. Do you know that that's not helpful at all? Do you know that that's not good advice at all? Now, I'm very aggressive, and so I have no problem speaking up and standing up and fighting for what I want, okay? So for me, that would have been a great answer if he would have said that to me because I'm already like that. Now, I wouldn't have asked that question because I don't have a problem doing that, but I also have to understand that I have a lot of masculine energy, okay? Like, sometimes I feel like my masculine energy can run circles around a man's masculine energy. I'm like, why can't you be more aggressive and stand up and fight for what you want? It's, like, ridiculous that as a woman, I have to come in and, like, do your freaking job. Do your damn job, okay? Sorry. Do your dang job, okay? So, it's interesting. Sometimes I feel like men are not, like, manly enough. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Why are you just allowing, like, anyways. So, um, anyways, so, Sorry, I just saw this like note pop up on my computer screen and now it's like distracting me. I hate when the distractions happen when I'm trying to record because it's like, is it something that I need to deal with right away or is it something that can wait? It can wait. Okay, and so I just got so upset again that this man was presenting to a a room full of women in leadership who like want to be leaders within the workplace. And then his, his response to that woman was, you need to be more aggressive. I just was like, this is the most dumb thing that I've ever been a part of. And I can't believe that I belong to this group. And I was like, I can't believe that I'm just sitting here listening to this. But see, I didn't close out of the web WebEx because I was very intrigued and interested to like how the conversation was going to go next. Right. And I just feel like he's the wrong person to be giving this woman advice. There's other ways of, um, being forward and direct with getting with, uh, in terms of getting what you want instead of like being vocal about it. It it just, there's so many other ways that he could go about it. Right. Okay. So that happens in the whole, during this thing. Okay. Anyway. So afterwards I get on the phone with Deborah and I talk with Deborah about it and I'm just like, can you, can you believe this? This is so ridiculous. So we're having this conversation And I just tell her everything that's going on. And I tell her how I think it's so ridiculous. And I can't believe that they would have this man present at a woman in leadership meeting. And I just, and and I told her again, like, I understand why we have men in the group because they're to be our allies. And like, it's a good thing that we're there because we do need them fighting for us. But you shouldn't be presenting to us. You do not know us. You do not know anything about us. Okay. Like, you know. And I tell her a few other things, which I'll get to in a minute. And at the end, she goes, you know what? I, th- I got to say, I think you're becoming a feminist. And I said, oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I said, I think so. And I just want to say, like, there's a lot of negative connotation around being a feminist and it's not bad and it's not negative. Just because as a woman, we're standing up and we're fighting for what we want and we're fighting to be like, okay, and here's another thing. Here's another thing that I'm going to always fight for is I want equality in the marriage. Meaning I'm from Mesa, Arizona, and there's a lot of Mormons here a lot. And if you're my Mormon friend or if you're a Mormon listening to this, please don't get offended. I love you. Mormons, you have brought me some of my most favorite food items. Let me just name them. Um, Costa Vida, crumble cookie and swig. Okay. I love you. Like you have, you're great. Okay. But I will tell you that because I'm surrounded by a lot of Mormons, they have very traditional marriages. The husband works and he provides and the wife stays home and handles the house and raises the children. And when I see that type of a dynamic, it makes me sick to my stomach because I think to myself, wait a minute, husband, you should also be raising your own children. These are your children too. These are not just her children, but you see the woman disciplines the child. You see the woman decides if the child could spend the night or not. You'll see that the woman handles the children and the men stay out of it. And that bothers me. It really bothers me. And so there's also this thing of Taylor Swift does this perfectly in her The Man music video. There's also this thing where the world will praise the husband for taking care of their child or for doing the slightest, just like the smallest little act of service for their child. The world gives praise to them. Well, I have to tell you, like, I don't disagree with that because the city that I live in and the people that I'm around, the husbands do nothing. Okay, the the women do everything. And it's in a a story that I have about this is this past weekend, we had Talent Explosion, which was at our dance studio, at the dance studio to teach at. It was like our end of the year recital, right? And afterwards, we usually go to dinner after we have some kind of performance, which I love that because I love like the bonding experience and getting to talk with people and food and everything, right? And I went up to one of our teachers who uh, is part of the Mormon church and she does have kids who performed in the show. And I said, hey, we're all going to go to dinner. Do you want to come? And she goes, no, I can't. I have to I have to um, like put my kids to bed. And I said, well, can't your husband do that? And she looks at me and she laughs and she goes, huh, you would think. And I was like, what? You're telling me that your husband can't put his own children to bed? That he needs you to do it? Like, does he even know the nighttime routine? Does he even know how to bathe them? Does he even know how to brush their dang, dang teeth? Like, what? It's like the, the fact that she said that, it's like, that's what I see every single day. Every single day I see that. And, and I hear about it. And it, it's just so prevalent in the city that I live in and, around, and the friends that I have and the people that I'm around that I really love and I really care about. I just so disagree with it. <clears throat> and um, one of the guys that I was talking to on eHarmony, um, he grew up in church, but he left when he was 20. And we were just kind of talking. We really bonded on that, that we both have experiences of leaving the church. And I really love that. And I would really love to find someone who grew up in the church and who has left the church because I feel like it just shaped me as a person. And there are still some things about the church that I really love and I really hold um, true to my heart. And there's some things about the church, obviously, that I would have never have learned um, 
if I hadn't gone to church. And one of them is like how to have a healthy relationship. I know I'm just talking about the um, dynamics of a marriage, but there's a lot of other great things that the church teaches when it comes to having a healthy marriage. And I was talking to him and um, he had said something like, I believe that the Bible lays the perfect foundation to have a healthy marriage. And he was like, and I, I can't, I'm very, very cynical about these women who say uh, they don't need a man. And then he was like, but that's probably all I should say now because it probably sounds bad and it would be better to talk about this face to face. And then another message he goes, and I think a traditional marriage is the best way to have a marriage. <laughs> and I didn't say anything back to that because I was basically ending the conversation uh, us talking because I was like, if you don't actually move here, there's no point in us talking. Right. I, so I gave him my email. I said, if you do end up moving here, great, reach out to me. And like, if you want to go on a date or if we want to go on a date, let's go on a date. But obviously if before we go on a date, if he ever does email me, like there will be conversations like I'm not into this traditional marriage thing. I am in a sense I am, but there's a lot of it where it's like, if you expect me to raise our children and you're not going to help, like that's not going to ever fly with me. So anyways, okay, now I do want to give a shout out to my brother because I feel like he's a great example of what a husband and a father should be. And what I mean by that is he works a full-time job and he works a hard job and he works a very demanding job. He works a very stressful job and then he comes home from work and then he's also a dad. Like he's not a dad and a husband who just works and then comes home and like sits on his butt. No, no, he works, he, he comes home and then he like helps and not, not just to like relieve my sister-in-law and my sister-in-law also is a great mom. Okay. Like she's a great, uh, caregiver for them. She also takes care of the home. She plans the vacations, like all that kind of stuff. She also like manages their schedule, which I've also noticed that there's usually like, if, if it's like a stay at home wife, mother and a father husband who works I definitely have noticed like one of them has to manage the household and manages the schedule and I feel like that's the woman and then the man has no idea what their schedule is like and I just think that that's kind of funny that he has no idea what what's what's happening anyways and so my brother my sister-in-law you're doing great keep up the hard work I know that your job is very very difficult and but I just have to give props to my brother because I feel like he embodies everything that I'm looking for in a husband and a father. I, I love the fact that he is so hands on and he is so active with the children. And I also have to say he is an Enneagram three. So he gets his self-worth out of his accomplishments. So it does make a lot of a sense that he's going to go and be accomplished at work and then he's going to come home and be accomplished at home too. And I just really love that. And I think that he's doing a great job and he's setting a great example for his sons because I have two nephews on like what it looks like to be a father and a husband. Okay, now I want to talk about this thing that happened with Tiger Woods because I'm sure there's a lot of feminists out there who were pissed off about what happened. To me, I actually thought it was really funny. And so there was like a photo that went around of him when he was on the PGA Tour. I mean, this happened months ago. And he was like with his tour mate. I guess that's what they're called. I don't know. But you know, the person that you like golf with. And Tiger like hit the ball or like drove the ball, right? And then his tour mate or his buddy hit the ball and drove the ball, but he didn't hit it as far as Tiger. And so secretly he handed him a tampon. And when I heard that, I thought that was hilarious. I did not get offended by that because it's factual. It's actual facts that women are not as strong as men. And so a woman is not going to be able to outdrive a man. 
I mean, I think that that's just science and that's just fact. And when it's science and when it's fact, I try not to get offended about it. And that's the thing that I want to say about being a feminist is it's it's fact and it's science. The fact that women will never be paid the same as a man, I feel like they're, that's facts and that's science. And I don't mean science like you're in a lab doing science. But if you do the research, and I'm, a, I'm going to give you some solid facts that I found from a book in a minute about that. But it's like it's factual. It's not feeling. And that's the other thing is I feel like a lot of these people who are against feminists or who see feminists in a negative light, I think that they think that we're thinking from our heart space and not our head space. But that's just not true. We're just fighting for equality. We're fighting because we see the facts. We see the facts that women are never going to get paid the same as men. It's factual. Okay, look at the documentation, read the articles, do your research, you're going to find it. And that's the thing I was really trying to explain to Deborah is like, I think that I am becoming more of a feminist because it's just factual. And I really love facts. I really love hard proof and science and specific and evidence. And it's not a feeling. It, it's what I have. It's what I'm seeing. Yes, it is my own um, perception. And I do understand that my perception can be clouded by the, the thought of being a feminist, you know, but I also try to look at, I try to look at every situation like in a neutral light. And I really do try to like weigh the pros and cons. Not every man who talks to me when I'm at work, do I automatically assume that he's a chauvinistic pig? No, no, no. I I don't automatically assume that. Okay. But I can definitely tell by their behavior and their mannerisms when they are over like drawing the line. And then I will quickly send them an email right back to them and put them in their place. And maybe I shouldn't say that because I feel like the men on the other side of that are going to be like, well, women shouldn't be doing that to men. And it's like, yeah, you're right. But I'm also doing it in a kind and a gentle way. And and when I say I'm putting them in their place, it's like it's because I'm standing up for myself and I'm just being like, hey, why do you feel it's necessary for you to talk to me that way or to be demanding in your um, emails or to have the, this like tone? Because like emails have a tone, too. And. And sometimes my emails have a tone. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but it's like, would you be speaking to a man this way? Or are you speaking to me because you speaking to me this way because I'm a woman? And so that's what I want to say. It's like being a feminist, it's factual. There's actual facts behind it. And another thing that I want to say is like, I'm a single female. Okay. And I, I want to progress on my personal life, meaning I want to buy a house and I will probably be buying a house on my single female income. And for a single female to be able to afford to buy a house in this economy and to not be house poor, to be able to pay her mortgage, to be able to pay her bills, to be able to have money for fun times and for travel and for food and for clothing or whatever she wants to do and to be able to run a house. That means she's going to have to like pay for a new roof on her own, pay for air conditioning on her own, all of those things. Do you know that it's going to be harder for me to do that than if I was a man? It's going to be more challenging for me to progress in my life because I was born with a vagina and not born with a penis. And I think it's BS. And I'm really getting tired of it. And I, I want us to, I want the women out there to continue to stand up and fight for it. And honestly, I don't think we're ever going to make a huge change. But I think that the more that we can educate people, the more that we can understand to the people, under, have an understanding for others, the more we can show the facts. Like, I don't know. I just think awareness can be powerful. But I was telling one of my male coworkers, we were just kind of talking about work and stuff. And I had made that mention to him. I said, yeah, but the one thing that you have going for you is that you're a man. I said, and you will always get paid more than me. 
even if we're equals in our title, you will always get paid more than me because you have more value in the workplace than I do. They see you as being more valuable. And this is where I want to read a few um, a few pages from this book, Super Freakonomics. Have you ever heard of it or have you ever read it? It's very, very good. You should read it. But I was reading Super Freakonomics and I came across um, this chapter on prostitution and a little... Um, a little like expert from the book and I hope I don't get um, in trouble for like copyright or anything but I will definitely link the um, book in the description and y'all should read it and this is um, I can't tell you what page it's on but this is um, a little expert that I, I read and I thought this is so good so they're talking about prostitution rings in Chicago and it says prostitution rings in even the poorest Chicago neighborhoods were usually run by women but men, attracted by the high wages, eventually took over. Yet another example in the long history of men stepping in to out-earn women. Okay. Then on the next page, I read this. But at least things worked out well for the women who went into other professions, right? Well, sort of. As we wrote earlier, even the best educated women earn less than their male counterparts. This is especially true in the high-flying financial and corporate sectors, where, moreover, women are vastly underrepresented. The number of female CEOs has increased roughly eightfold in recent years, but women still hold less than 1.5% of all CEO positions. Among the top 1,500 companies in the United States, only about 2.5% of the highest paying executive positions are held by women. This is especially surprising given that women have earned more than 30% of all the masters in business administration, MBA, degrees at the nation's top colleges over the past 25 years. Their share today is at its highest, yet 43%. Okay, then I was reading, again, still from Freakonomics. It says, but especially in the world's developed nations, women's lives have improved dramatically. There is no comparing the prospects of a girl in 21st century America or Britain or Japan with her counterpart from a century or two earlier. In any arena you look, education, legal and voting rights, career opportunities, and so on. It is far better to be a woman today than at any other point in history. In 1872, the earliest year for which such statistics are available, 21% of college students in the United States were female. Today, that number is 58% and rising. It has truly been a stunning ascendancy. And yet, there is still a considerable economic price to pay for being a woman. For American women 25 and older who hold at least a bachelor's degree, which that would be myself, and work full-time, again, that's myself, the national median medium income is about 47000 Dollars. Similar men, meanwhile, make more than $66,000, a premium of 40%. So right there, that just shows you that someone who is my counterpart, who's educated at a bachelor's degree level, will make 40% more than me. The same is, is true even for women who attend the na nation's elite universities. That women who went to Harvard earned less than half as much as the average Harvard man. Even when the analysis included only full-time, full-year employees and controlled for college major, profession, and other variables. It is found that the Harvard woman still earned about 30% less than their male counterparts. And I also want to say that I understand that women leave the workforce to have children. 
And I understand that that's one of the reasons why women are not um, valued as much when being hired by an employee because they know or they assume that this female employee isn't going to be with the company for very long because they're probably going to get married and they're going to um, like leave the company to have children. And so it's like, do is it worth us spending this money on this employee? Is it worth us investing in them? Is it worth us getting the training that this female employee might need when there's a really high chance that they'll leave the workforce only after a short time um, to go and be a mom and then potentially never come back. And so it's, it's an interesting thing because it's like I can see from both sides. I can see that just because I have a uterus and I can deliver a child, don't discriminate against me. But I guess I can also see it from the other side is like because of the world that we live in, because we live in a very like, I wanted to say like Christian dominant world, but because what we see everybody do is get married and then the wife has children and the wife stays home, at least in the city that I live in. It's funny because I was talking to a girl who lived in San Francisco and she said nobody her age was married and nobody her, her age had children. And she's the same age as me, 34. And she's like, everybody has their eggs frozen. And I just thought that's so funny because in San Francisco, probably the value of getting married and having children is a lot less than the value that it is where I'm from in Mesa, Arizona, where there's a lot of Mormons around me. But anyways, it's like, I can see both sides. But then I feel like it's, I I have a hard time seeing the company side of saying like, I'm not going to invest in this employee because she's a female and because she's probably going to leave us to have babies and never come back. Um, it's just hard for me to see that. But like, these are the reasons why my mind has changed and why I'm becoming more of a feminist. And what I want to end this podcast on is I'm not sure if I said this in the Disneyland podcast, but if I did bear with me because you've already heard this, but one of the girls I was with, um, she asked me, she's like, Jenna, what are, what is your opinion of men? And I I just thought that I looked at her and I was like, what? She's like, well, you made that comment, uh, the jungle cruise when we were on the jungle cruise and the employee who was a tour guide on the jungle cruise ride in Disneyland, she was female. And one of the jokes that she said was, Oh, my boyfriend dumped me because I wanted commitment. And I just thought in my mind, I said, that is the most sexist thing I have ever heard. But my, my friend did say that she's been on that ride and where a man has been the tour guide and a man has been a Disney employee. And he said the same joke. He just said, Oh, my girlfriend left me because I wanted commitment. And I said, okay, good. I'm glad that there's fairness and equality in that because that's a very sexist thing to say from a one-sided point of view. So because I had made that comment, she was then curious about what my opinion was on men. And I just thought that's so interesting that she asked me. And I said, well, it's not that I'm a man hater. I'm definitely not a man hater. Like I love men. I think men, A, do I not think that they're very sexy, but I think that they're definitely very much needed in our society and in our culture. And I think being a If you are a full-time provider, that is also a very stressful and a very, very hard job. I mean, think about it. You're providing for other human beings. Like, you're the one that has to put the food on the table. Like, you're the one that has to pay the bills to have the lights on and the air running and to, like, put these kids through school or go on vacation or just, like, for their, like, minimum survival. That's on you. And so I think that that is very brave and courageous for the men, like, who are the sole providers. I I said to her, I just think that my eyes have been opened now that I'm in a more male dominant space in, in my work and in my career, I've just really seen like the mansplaining and I've seen the men say, little girl, sit down and basically shut up because I'm talking. It's like my view of men has changed, but 
not every man is like that. And I don't see every man like that. But I just thought that was such an an odd question. Like, what is your view on men? And then that's, again, when we were talking about um, just how people's experiences in life obviously, like, develop their perception. And it's, and, you know, I was, anyways, and so I just thought it was really interesting. And I guess that that's my opinion on men. It's like, not all men are douchebags, just like women. Women can also be douchebags too. Women can also, women's plain, I guess. Women can also talk down to men. Like, I, I understand that. I'm not a man hater. I just want to make that very, very clear. I love men. I think men are great. And I think that we need men in our society. And I'm very thankful for the men who are in my life and which is really just one, my brother. And I see, I see you. I see you. I see what you do for that family, for your family. And I, th- I think it's incredible. And I wish he would give himself more credit, but I know that he won't. And I know that if he ever heard me say this, he would get so embarrassed and he would try to deny it all because he's a denier. He does not accept compliments well, but it's like, brother, take the compliment because you deserve it and you earn it. Just like his wife though. Sister-in-law, you earn it. You deserve it. Take the compliment. You're a great mom. And so I love I love men. I think men are very sexy. I want to have a husband and I want to procreate with him. And, you know, anyways, so that's uh, I think that that's all I wanted to talk about in um, am I becoming a feminist? And I would say, yeah, I'm definitely pro women. I'm definitely pro women's rights. I definitely am. Am. I think that it's important that we stand up and we fight for what we want and that we fight and we are very vocal about what we want. And I hope that it can make change. Stay tuned because my R&Rs are coming up next. Okay, friends, let's get into my rant for the week. So I recently had to get um, new tires and just two new tires and but you know as I say the other two tires are probably going to need to be changed soon which is like legitimate I get it the last time I had new tires was in 2019 and I'm really happy that they've lasted this long you know a good four years about and you know I live in Arizona so it's extra hot and the rubber gets hot and all this stuff about heat you know things don't last as long here especially on cars as they probably would in another like state okay so and I'm always getting nails in my tire. I am not sure. It's probably like from the dance studio parking lot because I, I would just assume, I, I think I've noticed like since I've started teaching dance, I'm just getting more nails in the tires. And I think I'm just saying it's because it's like a really heavily like populated strip mall. And there's a lot of anyways, nothing against the dance studio. I'm just saying that's probably where they're coming from. Anyways, so <clears throat> I had a nail in my tire. And so I went to fill the tire up at Discount Tire, and he was like, hey, you need to get new tires. I was like, okay, great. So then I call, and I um, schedule an appointment, and I talk to him about tire prices, and I said, okay, so how much are we looking at per tire? And he gave me a quote. And I said, okay, perfect. I'll come in on Monday. Well, I got out of dance on Thursday, and my tire light was back on after I had already just gotten the tires filled up. And I was like, okay, shoot, I can't. I can't wait until Monday. I need to go tomorrow on Friday. I had some plans to drive around that weekend. Plus, if it th- if it's not even holding air for like a few hours, like that's not a good thing. So I call on Friday and I'm like, hey, can I come in and see you guys? He says, yes. I'm like, great. So 
I get there. I have the consultation with this man. He goes out and he looks at my tires. We're just kind of chit-chatting, whatever. We have some things in common, so we end up talking. And then he gives me the total for uh, my two tires. And the total, okay, I'm not going to tell you exactly how much I spent, but the quote that this man gave me the Friday that I showed up was closer to $600. And the quote that the man gave me on the phone was closer to $500. So this man, after he did the consultation, he told me how much it was going to be total. I, I, I was about to swipe my card and I was like, wait a minute, how much is it per tire? And he gives me the breakdown. I was and in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, that's exactly what the guy on the phone said. And then, but I'm thinking, where's the extra like $80, $90 coming from? And he goes, so it's this much per tire. And then I added on an extra $40 per tire in case you have a blowout. Or in case you like hit the curb and the rubber explodes. Or in case da 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 da. And I looked at him and I said, what? Like this man was about to charge me $80 extra for something that is not necessary for me to have for something that is optional. And he didn't even ask me if I wanted it. He just automatically put it on my ticket and I would have paid for it if I wouldn't have asked the dang question. And that stuff right there makes me very upset. Do not tell me what to do with my life. Do not tell me what what I need and don't need. I can make my own decision. And I just feel like, how dare you charge me an additional $80 for something that is optional that you never even asked me if I wanted. I was so pissed. Okay. So I just said to him, I don't want that. And he goes, well, are you sure? What happens if you have a blowout? I said, sir, in all of the years that I have been driving, I have never had a blowout. And I said, and I have hit the curb with my tire before and nothing has ever happened. I said, I do not want to be charged for that. And then he was trying to argue with me about it a few times. And I just kept saying no. And I was getting so upset. Okay. And I wasn't like getting upset at him. I was getting upset more in my head. And it was like, man, if I could only tell this man off. And I was thinking I should tell his manager. Because like, how dare he do that? He should not be doing that to people. Male, female, doesn't matter. He should not just be assuming that they want this extra $80. It's extra $80. It... Like, oh, that's annoying. And that really upset me. Okay. So he took it off and then it went back down to the price of being lower. It wasn't over $500. It was lower than $500, but it was at the price, you know, closer to the $500 mark than the $600 mark. And I was like, okay, this is good. Then the little stinker goes, well, has anybody told you about your lug nuts? And I said, what? He goes, has anybody told you about your lug nuts? I said, no. What's happening with my lug nuts? He goes, well, they could swell and then it could be hard for us to take the tire off. And I said, okay, and? He goes, well, it would be good if you replace them. I said, do they need to be replaced? He goes, well, no, not yet, but they could swell and then it could be hard to get the tire off. I said, well, do they need to be replaced? No, not yet. Okay, so then I'm not replacing them. And then he proceeded to ask me five more times if I wanted new lug nuts and I had to keep telling him no. Okay, so I told him no. Then I sit down and the wait is going to be like an hour or two hours or something, right? So I sit down. I listen to some Marco Polos. I respond to Marco Polos. I just am doing some things, right? Then the technician or the mechanic who had uh, done my tires, he comes over to me and he goes, ma'am, 
has anybody told you about your lug nuts? And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me again with the lug nuts? I said, yes, actually for the first time today, your friend over there just told me about him. He goes, well, I would really encourage you to get them replaced. I said, no, I do not want them replaced. He goes, well, if you get a flat tire on the side of the road, it's going to be really hard to take the lug nuts off if they get swelled. I said, well, that's why I have AAA and they can just give me a toe. And he goes, that's fair. And then he left. And I was like, dude, are you trying to push this on me because I'm a woman? Are you, why are you trying to push this on me? And then I also said to him, I said, so what happens if the lug nuts swell and you can't take my tire off? He goes, oh, well, we'll just hammer the lug nuts off. I said, okay. So I said, sir, when it gets to the point where you have to hammer the lug nuts off, then I'll replace them. But up until that, I'm not going to touch them. So please like go get out of my face right now before I punch you. Okay. Like I was just so upset. And the thing about discount tire is like, I've never had them be pushy in their sales before. I've been going to them for years and I think they are so great. And then this last time, I don't know if they changed like CEOs change. I don't know if, if they were telling their employees that they need to push this stuff and they need to sell, sell, sell. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I don't like this new behavior. I do not like that you're trying to force me into spending extra money that I do not want to spend. And that is not necessary to spend, dude. If my lug nuts swell and you got to hammer off, then just hammer the freaking things off. Then I'll buy them at that time. Like, I'm not going to waste my money on like prevention, not when it comes to like my tire. And if it was like my health or whatever, maybe like that's different. But no, dude, I don't want freaking lug nuts. And I don't want to spend an extra $80 in case I have a blowout. That is so dumb. Oh, it really frustrated me. Okay, and my rave for the week is if you guys have Disney Plus, go right now, go on to Disney Plus, and they just added the movie Venom to Disney Plus. Okay, I have never seen the movie before, but it is so good. Like, if you are a huge Marvel fan and if you've never seen Venom, you need to go right now and do it. It is an awesome movie. The acting is so good, the action is so, so, so good. And I'm probably going to watch it again. Like I just watched it last week. And no, I, I think I watched it on Mother's Day. Yeah, which was like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. I cannot speak like enough good stuff about it. And sometimes you never know like, well, I feel like the very first, like in the series of Marvel movies, if they're going to do like three Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, um, like the first one's always good. And so there's only one Venom. I think there's only one Venom. no. I think there are two Venoms. Are there two? I think that there are two, but I think that um, on Disney Plus currently there's just one. And oh my gosh, it's so good. You guys just need to go watch it like right, right, right now. And basically, I mean, the plot of the movie is like somehow uh, like a spaceship crashed onto Earth and then these kind of little aliens or whatever take over people's bodies and then they like make them do things. But it's really cool and I love the story behind it and I love it's just really good. You guys need to go go watch it right now. Well, thank you for listening to me ramble on about Venom and about um, why I think I'm a feminist. And thank you so much for this, your support of this podcast and continuing to listen to this podcast. And I just love coming to you biweekly with new things that that's happening in my life and new stories that I want to share. So thank you so much for listening. Well, that is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, you can email me at conversationwithjenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every episode, but I always say that. 
I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye.